I'm okay, Crank. How are you? I'm okay. Are you? Yeah. You don't sound it. Tired. Why are you tired? Been working. I've been working too, but why are you tired? Because I've been are moving you heavy not stuff. As strong as me. I'm not as strong as I used to be. Powerful. I am not. not powerful like I am. I guess not. I am definitely not as strong as I used to be. You're weak. Weak. I used to be able to carry big old tube TVs up and down apartment steps to help people move all by myself. Are you talking about me? Well, I've helped lots of people move, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't really mind helping people move all that much. Except for parts where it got frustrating. I didn't mind helping people. Um, oh, yeah. Welcome to week 925 of the Crankcast. Crank. Norton. Why did you text Rafer last week and ask him how he was doing at the show? But you didn't ask me. I didn't know you were at the show. Of course you did. I was right next to him when you he, when you texted him. I didn't text him. He texted me. Oh, he did? Yes. Why did he text you? Because that Simon Schuster book we worked on last year, was he saw it and he texted me a picture. He said he saw it in the wild. He misrepresented you. Oh. What did he tell you? Dude, look who just texted me. Sort of. Well, that's weird, because he texted me first. Mm. And I texted him back to send me pictures of cute librarians. Mm. But I, mm. I didn't actually know you were going to be there, too. I was there. I was there on Sunday. Well, how was the LibCon? Uh, it was fine. Uh, a lot more comics than the last time I was there. When was the last time you were there? Like eight or ten years ago. Oh, yeah. They started putting more of them in libraries and stuff. Yeah. I hear that yeah. the graphic novels are doing pretty well in libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we did a sign for the new book. Which one? Our book. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was, uh, the book looks nice. I'm very happy with it. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I got my comp copies in. The only thing is, I know we did it small because we wanted to get it in that market. Mm-hmm. But it squished everything. <laughs> you know, I mean... It didn't squish anything. What are you talking about? Well, I we mean, knew printing small, it's, it's different because when you're working on your screen, you can look at it any size you want, you know? But then getting a book at that size, like, especially all the, the SFX that I, like, did by hand, like, hand drew and Photoshop and then brought it in so that they would look more like they were drawing in the art. They were all, like, small and stuff. <laughs> you know? Oh, well. I mean, it's still a good-looking book. It's just a tiny good-looking book. <laughs> and it's not as tiny as, like... And that's not even <clears throat> quite digest format, I don't think, is it? You don't know. You don't care. You're not even going to read it. Why would I read it? I lettered it. Because. Don't be silly. Read my book. <laughs> read your own book. Read my book. I'm not going to read it for you. Jeez. I read it. Did you? I, li I lived it, Crank. None of that's true. Uh, you're right. None of that is true. 
<laughs> Except for the mutant pigs part. That was all completely true. It says right in the book. None of it happened. Uh, I just did that so nobody will sue me. Hmm. <clears throat> all those mutant pig makers? Mm-hmm. Yep, mm. yep. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, Rafer seemed to indicate it was received pretty well there. Yeah, he he he's a cute little dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was uh he was very excited that we had a line and that was really cool we had a line, but you know, when you realize that they're giving these books away, then yes, of course we had a line. They're giving free stuff away. Right. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like he had a little bit of a colored view. Oh, don't rain on but it was, I mean, it's, it was very nice. Uh, uh, the most, the, the big, the thing that I heard the most when people were walking up and asking about the book was that, uh, a lot of people talking about, oh, I have a relative or I know somebody that lives in Tennessee. So that was the my takeaway from it. So that was cute. So, in other words, location books sell. Uh, well, you know, I didn't not think about that when I made it up. I just assumed that, you know, that's not a huge market, Jackson, Tennessee. <laughs> I guess it follows. I mean, because, like, people bought Battle Pug because it had a pug in it. You know, yes, yes. I mean, a, a lot of people did. Whether they kept reading it or not, they initially bought it because they... I'm assuming that only only for the pug is why people read it, because I don't know anybody that knows what the plot or the characters are in that book. <laughs> so I'm assuming it was just for the dog that people bought that book. Yeah, yeah. So, like, specific things, I guess, that people can identify I a... with work. I had a, a lady uh, dress up as Bryony at a show once, and I was like, well, okay, well, you're a real fan. <laughs> uh, and then there's the woman that got the the mall tattoos on her arms, and I was like, okay, you're a real fan. Yeah, I guess if you're going to mark yourself for life. Yeah, I don't even have the mall tattoos. I've thought about it, but... Which one's the mall tattoo? She has, like, essentially red tribal henna sort of tattoos. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember. Because sometimes Alan would forget them. Or you would forget them. Or somebody would forget them. I would forget them, but uh, 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 Alan would put them in for me. Yeah. It's just a tribal tattoo with dots. Right on. But I never, I never draw it the same way twice, so it's easy for somebody else to come in and do it. It's been a while since we worked on that book. Uh, not for me. I've, I've got two more chapters to finish. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It's And Maul's going to have a, a pretty big uh, makeover. Is she going cyberpunk? Uh, no comment. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. Is this this is in, in the future? No. Not in the future. But it it's is in space. like, you know, it is not, well, part of it is in space, but, you know, I did, I started this like two years ago before multiverse stuff was all the rage. Well, and now, 
and now it's now it's uh, everybody's doing, and their brother is doing, you know, Crisis on Infinite Buttholes, and I'm I have, and this book is it's a multiverse book. It's about you know the portals that we established in War War on Christmas, right, and yeah. where, those, where those portals go. And it was just my my plot device so that I could make a battle pug in any any situation I wanted to be in. I remember because when I was doing those uh, um, Saul Bass experiment things, like things and designs in the style of the Saul Bass thing, one of the battle pug ones I did, I was trying to encapsulate the journey to a star or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I have a... Uh, each issue is in a different place. Right on. And uh, it ends just like the last book where it's like, huh, that is a bummer. Huh. So I see. I have I have I have a I have a method for this book. I just don't keep up with it like Ryan does with God Hates and stuff. Right on. So what uh when you say chapters, what's that issues? Yeah, chapters are issues. I'm, I'm, cause I'm gonna put this out as one big book. Okay. So you've right got... now, I'm on the fourth out of five right now, and that's the Grumble crossover. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Grumble is gonna be in it, so they're on our Earth. It is the, Wait, it is, is the Galactica 1985 is, of the series. Is Grumble on our Earth? Uh, pretty much. Might as well be. Okay. We should have done a... Were we doing that when Curse Words was running? We should have done a Curse Words Grumble crossover. I would have been fine, except Simon exists in both of them as different characters. Doesn't he? Wait, right. Simon's like an enforcer in Grumble, wouldn't he? Yeah, Simon is a walking, talking character in Grumble. Well, Simon doesn't really... I mean, he exists. Simon, no, Simon's in God Hates. I don't think he's in Curse Words. Simon's in everything Ryan does. Oh, right. He has a cameo, but he's not a character in that. Right. He he doesn't, I mean, he shows up a lot. He just doesn't do anything. Like, he rarely does anything. <laughs> like, yeah. And si- Simon wasn't my idea. That was Rafer, because I talked about Ryan's cat, and he decided that I'm going to put Simon in there. And I was like, okay, well, that makes it look like I stole Ryan's cat. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't care, and I don't think he does either. It's not like when Tim said, oh, I'm going to put this talking dog, this talking French bulldog in my Deadpool book. And and then later on said, oh, it's inspired by your dog. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I wish Twitter would stop asking me if I was drawing it. Ah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't think twice about multiverse stuff because I've been working on Rick and Morty so long anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's an interesting thing, but I just did. I mean, I realized that it is sort of like a trend now. It's sort of like a, a, a device that a lot of people are using. And they're using it because of how I use it, which is it's an easy way to say, oh, I just don't want to stay in this little world. I want to do other things. Right. Wow. I've been working on Rick and Morty for since twenty fifth January of twenty fifteen. 
Yeah, I heard you were like a big supporter of the creator and that you're like, uh, you believe in everything. You, and you started beating up women too. Wow, you are trying to get me <laughs> canceled, aren't you? <laughs> Did he beat up people? Or is uh, he just mean? I think the court case was about a domestic assault. Oh, okay. I don't know because, I mean, we're so far separated from them. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, their names were, like, because I created it, so their names were included in the, the credits and stuff, but... Well, I mean... But, I, like, we didn't, you know, we I didn't... Talked to, I talked to Kyle Starks over the weekend, and he says he's constantly asked if he's the guy that makes the show. Yeah, yeah that, that even came up as a joke in one of the issues once. Because one of the Rick and Morty issues was at a convention. Oh. And it had uh, Kyle and... um. Oh man, this is terrible. I'm, I'm forgetting who the writer, or not the writer, who the Mark, Mark Ellerby, probably. Um, in in the comic, it had Kyle and Mark like in booths at the thing, and they had to keep telling people that they they didn't create Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, literally, like I'm sure at some point in the WB approvals process, they had to look at it and approve stuff. And apparently, I from what I read. Some of the concepts from the comic actually made it into the cartoon. Some of the things that originated in the comic. Really? Um, I don't know that for a fact because I haven't kept up on the show in a long time. Um, I've never seen a whole episode. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know which things and which episodes were taken from the comic. But, yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I mean, we've got more material than the show does. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Because they only do what, what like a small run of episodes a season, and they're only got what six or seven seasons, I think. Maybe, and then, and we've been putting out a monthly book plus supplements since beginning of twenty fifteen. So I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I wouldn't know. But it's um, yeah. I'm just for the record, we don't have anything to do with them. <laughs> Except that you are a huge supporter and fan of that guy. Uh, I'm not even sure which guy you're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, they both yeah. they both have done dumb shit. The guy. What do you mean? There's two of them. Yeah. Are you talking about Kyle Starks? <laughs> no. Now you're trying to get him canceled. Because <laughs> that guy's a piece of crap. Wow. That's rough, dude. I mean, you're you're feeling salty tonight. I watched him eat, I'm going to tell on him, I watched him eat a whole bowl of spaghetti knowing that he's a diabetic and he ate that shit in front of me. And I was like, this is this is why you couldn't get off the drugs, man. Uh-huh. He's got, he's got a softness for it. I Can't get of... off the pasta. I was like, I haven't had pasta in like five years. Not even a zoodle? I try to zoodle. I don't like it. It doesn't taste the same. It's not a noodle. I know. It's, it's, insult- it's insulting that they would try and make me trick myself into eating that shit. You would have liked my um, my noodleless lasagna that I made. Probably, sure. Because it actually, the, what I substituted for the noodles worked out really well. Sure. I don't want your stankeroni just for the name alone, but I would eat that noodleless lasagna. Why did you make it noodleless? Because uh, I was going to bring it with me when I came out for a show, and then I, I couldn't make the show because I was sick or something. But that doesn't explain why you made it noodleless. For you? Oh, 
Oh, you made it. Uh, oh, that's really sweet, man. Because I was, because I realized you couldn't eat pasta, and I was—I I think I was talking about making a lasagna or something. You're such a good friend. I and was I, telling somebody else at the show why that you're such a good friend. I forgot who it was. It may have been Rafer, actually. Hmm. I was talking about what a good person you are. Then you should like Rafer too, because we're really similar. You're not similar because you are not as high strung as that little dude. <laughs> You and I have way more in common than you and Rafer have in common. Well, I mean, we've known each other forever now. Yeah, but, I mean, Rafer is like... You're used to me. You know how Jim Terry is like the oldest young man I know? Like, he's younger than me, but he might as well be 70 years old. Sure. He's very phlegmatic. Rafer is also Jim's age. So he's still a couple years younger than me, but he acts like he is 16 years old. (laughs) He really, he's got the mind of a very hyperactive kid. Hmm. I am. And he spends most of his time trying to, like, to, uh, to, to slow it down. He's trying to, he's basically fighting his own brain every day. I uh, it probably makes for great stories, but I wouldn't want to live in his head. The same day, well, last week, yeah, this, I think the same day I, I got my comps of Rock Gods. Uh, I was working on a eight-page short story that he did for Rick and Morty. Mm. But oh I, yeah, oh, yeah, I like that story. I wish the not the one that he he not the one he drew because they didn't end up taking the drawing. Right? It's he did one. do a cover though. I think. Yeah, he's. I think he's done more than one cover. Oh, has he? I think. I don't know. I at least know he did a cover for this issue. Anyway, he drew a story, and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was some of the best stuff he's ever done, and they ended up getting a different artist. Was the it? one. It, it's most. It, it's probably all like you know, uh, you know, likeness shit. Did um? I mean, I might have got rejected by WB. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't good. It was just that you know, you didn't make the points on Rick's head look sharp enough, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know exactly like what their criteria is because I don't work to that level. You know, yeah. like on these books. Um, I but I you know I remember what licensing was like working for Devils Do, and, and yeah, they could have weird. some. They could have some weird ass fucking problems it's, and stuff. And 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 you never know who's going to be crazy about it. You know. Yeah, and, and like I did a book for a licensed thing that I thought was going to be really tough, and they just told me to change one little tiny thing that really had nothing to do with the likeness of the characters. And I was like, okay, but you know, with like Buffy or other things I've done in the past, they've been very strict about, and it really depends on the actor a lot of the time too. Well, I don't even remember. I don't remember exactly why it was bumped, but. I, I never understood them bumping that um, uh, Ravage Baroness cover you did. Hasbro. That got printed? Hasbro. We printed it, but then they pulled it. What do you mean they pulled it? We couldn't use it for the cover or something. No, it's got printed. They made a statue out of it. It got. It was pretty popular. The Ravage Baroness one? Yeah, they made a statue out of that cover. Well, they rejected one of your covers. 
They may have. They probably rejected. They rejected one of Tony Harris's covers. No, it was it was yours specifically, and it was after after it was all colored, like the line work had all gotten approved and everything. Mm, And then it got colored, and we went to go print it, and they said, "Um, "No, we we don't want that." It's possible, but I don't think it was that because I I have distinct memories of seeing that printed, and they absolutely made a statue of. Because we did like a con uh, con special version of it or something. But they didn't want it like in the regular print. I don't remember. I don't remember what the circumstances were. I don't that. know. I just remember it didn't make I mean, any look sense. Look it up. Look it up. Look up the Baroness Ravage statue. You'll see it. It's the exact same thing I drew. Hmm. Which I never got one, by the way. Well, was it Palisades? I don't know who made it. Or was it after they were out of business or whatever? It may have been Palisades. Let me look. I'll look it up. Why don't you look it up? But anyway, my point is, though, is that licensing can be a weird thing. Because, for one thing, you don't even know who exactly is looking at it in the approvals department sometimes. So it could be somebody completely different than you're used to working with looking at it and just deciding they don't like it. For whatever reason. <laughs> you know? And the bigger the corporation that you're licensing from, the, the weirder that gets. You know? So, I'm, I mean... Oh, I'm, it was a canceled statue. It never got made. Maybe that... Uh Maybe that's what you're thinking. I'm pretty it sure, because you did that cover for the Transformers convention, for the con-specific con cover. That's the, it was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. I, uh, I'm, I, I'm sending it to you right now. I can't remember. I, I don't remember the specifics of why they rejected it. It was, had something to do with maybe she was too sexy or something, but I don't... It's not like you. Uh, drew, it's not like you drew lewd people. me, it was not too sexy, I guarantee you, because I don't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you didn't draw lewd people. Like I don't, I don't do uh, sexy really. Mike Norton doesn't do sexy. I mean, it's just. I mean, I've been told that before. <laughs> well, why is it not letting me do it? I'm trying to. Uh, Maybe they didn't like the whole like bondage theme of it or something. I don't know. Uh, a cat on a leash. Ravage. That's not really bondage. That's every well, day. She, she's in tight black leather and well, there's like a chain or something that was holding him. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. What's what's Hasbro thinking? I don't know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it was that cover though, because we had already printed up some for the convention and then they decided to pull it. Why is this not letting me send this to you? I don't know. Uh, okay. Boy, I bet that was frustrating for Rafer, though. Oh yeah, I I'm I told him I was mad about it for to, him to get through like I mean, at least it was only eight pages as opposed to an entire book or something. But so was that the same story that I lettered in? Well, but, no, with I was a different artist. You, I was asking you. I don't know. Oh, because I never saw his pages. I don't know. I only saw the final stuff. Was the one you read about? Um, I didn't read it because there's no words to it. I just looked at it. Oh, right. So. Yeah, I guess we're wanting to merge it. Well, uh, what, what are words for? Uh, well, no one listens anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Where the hell is this... I can't even find why does the why does my computer not work like a computer? 
Maybe you're not talking to it nice enough. Computer. <laughs> you got to put on a Scottish accent. Computer. Yeah. Man, that blew my mind the first time I realized he didn't actually speak that way. Right. Like, and I heard him speaking like with in his non-Scotty accent. That's like that's annoying, man. You've been lying to us. Hmm. It's like, dang, really? <laughs> you're a dick. You lying dick. Oh, I don't think he was a dick. Where is this going? Why am I not able to... You fucking fuck. Save images. <gasps> You're not even letting me do it. What are you talking Something's about? Something's wrong with my computer. I mean, I, I sent you a message to the messaging thing. It worked. And then you replied. Good. You re- okay. replied Save with a thumbs up. Save Baroness 10... <laughs> To desktop save. Scintillating. Can't you just send me a web link through the chat? Oh, I guess I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, General Joe's. So what, what year was that then? I don't know. It should say that. Yeah, that's the doesn't, cover. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mention me in the fucking thing at all either. I'm just due to never have respect or love of my peers. Oh, yeah, and I was right. This was an exclusive cover, cover for the Transformers Collectors Club, which we were going to that convention. Because mm-hmm. I, I went there, and that's where, uh, was it Jay Lee? Not Jay Lee. Jet Lee? No, who was the... Um, who was the main Dreamwave guy? Patley? Patley, yeah. Yeah. He had, uh, I was wearing some fossil watch, and he saw me, and he's like, oh, cool watch. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Interesting. But, um, That's what he recognized. Also, my cover has been redone by other people. Oh, has it? Yeah, look at this. It, by more talented, I should say. So it, I have had an influence, if I may say so. Oh. Yes, I am a very influential artist. Don't think I don't know if you know that about me. I'm very important. Oh, wow. That has been redone. Yeah, and it is better than my cover. The statue doesn't look anything like you, your art. (laughs) Well, it's because I can't draw very well. Which is just kind of weird, but... So was this a figure... No, it was. It says it was a statue, but she looks like she's joined it. Well, see, there's, there's, there were, there were, there was a statue prototype. Oh, the uh, second picture is a figure. Then? Yeah, I think there's a lot of customs of it. I don't know if there was an official figure made, but I think a lot of people made customs because they don't look the same. Because one of them, like this one I'm sending you, looks like it was. I am not verifying I'm a robot to look at this fucking figure, you dickhead. Okay. Um, but, uh... Yeah, people have no idea what we're talking about now. <laughs> uh, because this is, uh... This one, they they were very liberal with the opening of her shirt. Okay. Well. Let's see. Oh, 
Yeah. It's like, now, you know it was a 50-year-old guy that made that. <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of barrenness with ravage figures custom made, but the statue looks the most like the book. The body is a scarlet body. Mm, okay. Mm. I don't know why you would do that when there is a Baroness action figure, but okay. Yeah. I guess to get the boobs. I mean the Baroness has boobs. Oh yeah, usually. <laughs> I do still have a um, one of those Palisades Baroness busts where I don't. I never understood when I, I understand doing like a bust that doesn't have arms or legs, but this one has one arm because she's holding the gun, and then they didn't do the other arm. Like they just chopped it off, like she's an amputee. And I always thought that looked really strange. I mean, strange. that's a bust, right? Busts all do that. I guess, but it, it, usually they don't have either arm. Yeah. True. So it, it just looks weird because she actually does have one arm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've still got one of those. those. But Anyway, which actually I think is what you used for your model. What? The Palisades one? The, I don't think I used her for a model, that for a model. Because the colors are right, and it looks like... I mean, I didn't color it, so... It looks like some of the like the buckles up at the top and stuff like that. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, I know we had this in the office. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I was probably going by whoever was drawing stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why she's in the background because I can't, I can't, I couldn't really draw. Well, I couldn't really draw. Shh. So. It was a stylistic choice. Hmm. Shh. Um. But yeah, that is uh, it's, it's weird that it got canceled. Canceling is the uh, what do you call the uh, the theme of this show <laughs> today? Anyway, I'm, I can't, I'm canceling you, man. You're getting canceled today. It's an interesting novelty. So I guess it did. At least I think we were going to use it for. I don't remember, man. I know we printed it up for that convention. So and obviously we did because it's, it got out in the wild. It was out there, mm. but then they they wouldn't let us reprint it, make a poster of it or something. Some some at some point along the line they nixed it. So anyway, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, blah 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 mt teleblah. Hmm. Well, we've grown a, we've grown a, we've ninny-bob. Okay, you lost me on that one. That's um, the universal greeting from Transformers. Oh, nerd. Well, we've grown a, we've grown a, we've ninny-bob. Uh, okay. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you not know what I'm talking about? eep op ork ah Oh, that's good. That means I love you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But a little less nerdy than your universal. Greeting. A little less nerdy, really? You think? Sure. Anyway. Uh, um. So there's somebody selling a AC15 like at a really reasonable price locally. 
AC-15. Uh, Vox. A Vox AC-15 amp. Oh, yeah? You gonna get it? I don't know. I mean, it's, I should you be spending... need an amplifier? Say what? Do you need an amplifier? No. I don't need anything. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I'm going like, I don't think I should buy it. Yeah, anything. you know what? I don't need anything, but there's plenty of stuff I want. I'm selling three guitars. Mm-hmm. Good. Make room for three more. I'm getting... Well, <laughs> uh, it's like... Three steps back, forward, and then one step back. I've, I think I'm going to replace them with one guitar. But I'm thinking, you know what? I'm thinking of getting rid of my 335. Yeah, you were, you were saying. I noticed it's just not it's just not uh, a sparking joy. I love the way that it looks. Was that that limited edition one? It's not a limited edition. It's oh. not. It's just it. It's. It, it's, I mean, technically it's vintage now because it's from the Memphis era. Because I saw somebody, again, on Craigslist locally selling one that looked just like the one you showed me a picture of. And they, oh, yeah. they wanted like, I think the listing said it was some sort of a limited edition or something. But it was that same, like, kind of uh, ombre blue, like you had. Yeah, I mean, they don't make that. Really, I mean, there's a blueberry burst now that they make, uh, but uh, the listing's not up anymore. I was going to send it to you, but it looked just like yours, and they wanted like thirty five hundred dollars or something for it. Yeah, they're real expensive. I didn't pay that much for mine, <laughs> so I mean, Gibsons tend to hold value, so I don't think that mine is that expensive. Well, good. At least you'll be able to like recoup what you spent on it. I hope. I mean, I don't think I'll get that. I'm selling two strats and a Epiphone Les Paul, so I don't think I'll get what I paid for them. But two strats. I, yeah, I have a, the first strat I bought when I started playing again. I really like it too. It's a HHS strat, so it's got a humbucker in it, and I really like that. But do they tap those newer ones so you can still do a single coil? It's got a five-way switch on it, so I'm assuming. Well, that's just a that's a normal, normal for a three pickup strat, a five way switch. I mean, because it gives you, it, you know, it gives you bridge, bridge, middle, middle, middle neck, and then just neck. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, it yeah, there's not a button that you can split the coils on it. I just didn't know. It seems like every time I read something on a newer instrument these days that has a humbucker, they always talk about having you know a split on it. So Most of them do. The Epiphone does. Epiphone has a split. Um, and I really like the Epiphone. It, it's a dip, it's it's not like my Gibson, where, which the color the color is different. This is like a bright blue, and I and I that's the thing I had to talk myself out of. Is like you don't keep a guitar because you like the fucking color, Mike. Well, there's dumber reasons to keep a guitar, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't keep a guitar because I like the color if I could not make it play well. I think. But yeah. Like if it's if, if, I do like I do like all of the guitars, but yeah, I mean I wouldn't. Uh, frankly, I, that's my problem. It's like I need to. But get I need to it. save some money, and I need to. You know, I don't really have a job, so I need to get some money. Right, I understand. Yeah. Unless the people listening just want to send me money, send me money. Buy rock cards. You know, buy rock cards. That's not going to make me any money, but get, buy rock cards. I really want you to. Um. But yeah, this this guy's selling. I, I for some reason I've just gotten really fascinated by the the Vox sound lately. 
and I, cause I, I guess partially because I've realized a lot of stuff I've liked over the years, they've used boxes on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so a while back I had gotten a, one of those cheap, um, Joyo, maybe? If it wasn't Joyo, it was something like Joyo, but they, they What is Joyo? One of those cheap pedal manufacturers. Oh. You know, uh, it's J-O-Y-O. Joyo? I, I, it could be Joyo, I guess. Joyo? Joyo? Um, but they, they knocked off a line of Sansamp pedals, <laughs> which a lot of these cheap Chinese pedal makers do. Hmm. Where they'll knock off, you know, a, a bigger name brand or whatever. But they, uh, they knocked off this particular line of Sansamp pedals that were called their, uh, I can't remember. They had like four or five of them and they, and they were basically amps in a box. They were meant to emulate certain styles of amp. Mm. And they would have like a built-in, they were all analog, but they would still have a built-in cap sim, so you could just plug it straight into your recording thing. And When was that? Uh, the original Sansamp ones were, I don't know, a decade or so ago, and then Joyo, oh. Joyo, or whatever, they've been knocking them off for at least, you know, five, six years, if not longer. Early modeling. Yeah, well, I mean, there's still, there, there are still modeling pedals that aren't digital, I mean, that are just done with analog circuitry. Because, um, well, anyway, so first I bought this one by this, you know, Chinese company that was a knockoff of a Sansamp. And it was pretty good. I like the sound of it. It, <clears throat> it was, um, actually, I used it on the, the sketch stuff that I sent to you for the guitar. Um, and it sounded pretty good. I liked it. Uh, but then Sansamp just came out with a new version of their, I can't remember what this line's called, but this particular version of this line is called the character series and mm. it's it's emulates a, an ac30 mm. <clears throat> or a vox some sort of voxy like ac model kind of thing mm. and uh but it's got two channels in it so i can do like a clean and a distorted channel just with a mm. button press you know and it's all like i said all analog circuitry and stuff like that get you a katana you can do all that stuff i don't i mean i i could but i haven't heard really a digital model of an ac amp that i like really as much and even these pedals as good as they are don't really sound like when i hear a mic'd up no tube. you don't want to mess with no tubes man a mic'd up ac 15 or an ac 30 they're making those anymore they still make tubes they're running out okay well they might be we're, we're due for a glass shortage sometime soon because uh the sand's all been used up you see all the good sand that's actually proper for glass proper um because you can't just go out to like you know the Arabian Desert and take the sand from the desert and make glass. I can do whatever I want. Stop telling me what to do. I mean, not proper glass anyway. Uh, technically, when, when they set off the atomic bombs during the tests in the desert, the the heat from the bombs actually turned the top layer of sandy soil into glass. I have become death destroyer of worlds. People used to visit the site and bring home chunks of radioactive glass with them because they didn't realize that they were radioactive. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, I have become death seeker of the AC, what, 50? Uh, I think the AC 30 is the most popular. The one I'm looking at, that was an AC 15. 30 was the most popular. Because I think the 30, and, and that's just, I, I think the numbers are just the wattage. The 15 is a 15 watt and the 30 is a 30 watt. And there are other differences in them too, but I think the AC 30 is overkill for me. And I've been listening to a lot of demos of the 15 and it sounds really good <laughs> you know it's not a metal amp by any means but 
Oh, I was able to get the uh, from this Sansamp uh, Vox uh, clone, not Vox clone, Vox emulator that I, I bought. I was able to get something in between by um, in between like Boston sound and Queen sound. <laughs> Interesting. You know what the Boston sound is? Well, uh, it was him running two marshals, and he invented a chorus circuit for it. Yeah, it's like his own, like, proprietary. It's not, well, it's not proprietary. I guess it is proprietary, but people use, like, uh, the, like all of Hysteria, the Def Leppard album, is is them running through one of those Rockman yeah, those like, little belt ant or belt yeah. belt things. Yeah, no, it was used on a bunch of stuff. Back yeah, then. and it and you know I I watched a couple of videos and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty distinct sound. That's something I would have never thought of. Yeah, they um that was the original Rock, Rockman X one hundred I think that had all the chorus built in and stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy that those those Boston albums is just essentially one guy in his basement back then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was before the home recording revolution. And from what I think, if I'm remembering this right, though, the original, on the albums, the original Boston Sound, because, I mean, he didn't, like, the the Rockman Company or whatever wasn't, or uh, it was Schultz Design, I think. Yeah, Schultz. Um, that wasn't, like, around yet, so that that stuff that he eventually designed and sold on the mass market wasn't actually... Yeah, the, yeah Rockman wasn't a thing until mid to late 80s. Yeah, so I'm saying like that stuff wasn't what he actually used on the first two Boston albums. And if I'm remembering it right, it had something to do with they they would run the single guitar signal into two marshals, two separate marshals, and then he had like some sort of chorus circuit involved with one of them, so it would give this bigger sound, bigger tight crisp sound. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah, and the setup that I've got right now, I'm, I'm running a chorus, not a chorus, I'm running a compressor that's compressing a bunch into this Sansamp thing that gets this nice roll, lots of mid distortion and stuff, not real chunky sounding or anything, but just mid, very Boston-ish, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, it gets some of these like kind of queen sounds, too. Brian May type stuff. Um, and then, from there, into a chorus, Brian, and, and really Brian like May. reverb. Brian May used the AC-30, right? Yeah, he used the AC amps, and Roy Gallagher did too, I think. Okay, yeah. I mean, probably. I know the Beatles did too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, I mean, probably if because it's a British company and, and they were yeah. they were domestic amps, so prob- you know a lot of those bands. Marshall did. British company, so. Yeah, Mar- you were probably using either a Vox or a Marshall. Like the heavier dudes were probably using, you know, they they were the ones that would gravitate towards Marshall stuff. Mm. But um. Yeah, so it's just uh, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things where I just get I get hung up on something for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. But this guy only wants like four fifty for this AC fifteen, and they usually go for a couple hundred more than that. And it looks like it's in really good shape. I mean, I'd have to hear it, but yeah. It um, I don't know. Like I said, I just I, I've been really digging that sound lately because it's got that. Well, you know, kind of like the stuff I wrote to send to you. It's got that kind of jangly thing going on. It's a versatile amp. It does all the sounds. I use I use a, a sim of the AC30. Well, I use a sim of the AC30 for a lot of my practicing because it cleans up real good. Yep. 
Uh, a lot of time, actually, I use the Roland uh, Chorus amp because that is like the cleanest you can get. But I uh, like that Roland Cube. Yeah, but you can get or the all kinds of sims from on the Katana. That's pretty. I mean, I, I love this amp. I mean, I don't see myself getting enough because I'm not playing out anywhere. Right. And even if I did, it's a 100 watt amp. I could probably use it. So, it's probably got a line out. You can go to the board with it, too. Yeah, so... Uh, it's digital, you don't have to worry about it sounding so. It does everything I want. And, it, I mean, if I had a tube amp, I'm not turning it up loud enough in this house anyway, so... Right, and that's that's where I'm saying I think the AC30 is, like, overkill for me. Yeah. Because I, um... I mean, honestly, with tube amps, you kind of have to open them up to really get that yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't mean, like, you don't have to have, like, you know, 5,000 decibels or anything. I'm just saying you actually have the controls on the amp have to be opened up for the tubes to react the way you want mm-hmm. them to. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a 15-watt amp or a 30-watt amp, you're just not going to be as loud with a 15-watt amp, which is what I want. <laughs> you know? In fact, the, the amp that I keep down in my living room is a little 5-watt amp, 5-watt tube amp. Mm-hmm. And it's that's perfectly loud enough for right there. And well, I like the ones like most of them now come with like uh, what do you call like uh, uh, what's the variac? What is that called? What is that? It's a, like a master volume or something. It's no, an attenuator. Attenuator, yes. You know, the variac actually. So that makes it way easier to get the sound you want in a at a lower volume. The Variac actually isn't an attenuator. It drops the power, the voltage going into the machine. Okay. So it's it does but attenuate, it's, but it's it's not like... He was using it for that purpose. Yeah, he was using it so he could open the amp up at, at lower yeah. power so it didn't kill the volume, or, you know, drive yeah. the volume through the roof. Um, I, read a sto- I read a story, or somebody told me a story about when he was developing the 5150 amp and he was testing it out, he would just play on it and then uh, put his, like, set his guitar down and up against the amp and not turn the volume down and then just leave it for, like, three days. Oh, probably see how the speakers broke in or something. Yeah. He just left the room and closed the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is just, uh, you know, I've said it before, there is just that, that feeling of standing in front of a loud amp i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't really know i mean i i guess i do but and i, I don't mean like I, I don't mean that concert volume loud i just mean like even my five watt turned up really loud with me standing right in front of the cabinet i just don't i don't remember i just remember things getting too loud for me i just it changes the way i play because it, it's like my dynamics get better because i don't have to hit it as hard to make it louder, you know? And, um... I don't don't think I'm cut out for, like, the music thing, because I just don't like loud stuff. Again, I'm talking about a 5-watt amp. I'm not talking about, you know... Well, right, but even then, you know, I... You know, like, singing for me, uh, like, I can't really... I can't really learn how to sing because I'm so self-conscious that somewhere somebody is going to hear me in this building. Well, somewhere somebody will hear you once it's recorded. Yeah, I know, but that's the problem, right? It's like I need, <laughs> I need 
once it's it's like my comics, you know, I don't read the comics after I'm done with them. That's the way it is with the music. I don't care if somebody hears it after. I'm not sitting there listening to it with them. Yeah. <laughs> but while I'm doing it, it's kind of uh, nerve-wracking. That's why I've been, I've been doing a lot of, like, video searching for, like, uh, like ha- make your own ISO booth so that people can't hear you singing. Yeah, it'd be better if you had, like, a... I mean, some people use closets. They pack closets. And use them. Yeah, pack closets, sure. Um, All my closets are full of stuff, though. I mean, I... I've heard myself, like externally enough like that even by the time I was living in Chicago I, I didn't mind singing and like when I was living in apartments and stuff just I because I, I can live with it I just don't want anybody else to hear me <laughs> and that's where the mental part of it is that's and if mental. I know that that's happening then it affects the way that I'm doing it well yeah because you're not pushing it enough right you're not pushing so, it real good so yes I'm not salt and peppering it yeah that's that's probably part of the reason why your voice comes out a little timorous. You know, like, it does. It's kind of milk toast, right? Well, it just sounds yeah. like you're trying not to be loud. <laughs> you know? Yes, that, because I am, <laughs> and so I feel like it's going to be a whole different story if I found a way to to do that. You know, so I'm working on it. I've done. I've made four songs. Cool. I just haven't recorded vocals because of that. You could always couldn't you go into the studio like real late. Or something. Yeah, I guess I could. Like if you got went in well after hours, like you know, I'd have to take a bunch of stuff with me just to sing. Yeah, yeah, take a mic and the interface, right? Interface and the shield, and I'd have to put. I have a like a little uh, ISO shield behind my mic so that it doesn't reverberate as much. Oh, fancy. Yeah, man. I think about this stuff. <laughs> I might be an old man hobbyist, you know, working through a midlife crisis, but I, I think about it. How much is your mic picking up frequencies from behind it anyway? It doesn't really. It does. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, it's just a demo. Yeah. It doesn't really. It doesn't really matter well, that much. I mean, it's not going to be a demo once we actually finish it. But that, well, th- what you're working on right now will be a demo, but that's not actually the finished product, even. You realize there are stages to this, right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not doing anything else after this. Oh. Get, you do whatever. I don't care. All right. <laughs> All right that's what you're doing. Uh, I need to. I need to do. Uh, send the send these to you, so you can hear them. Uh, I don't want to hear them. I think you'd like them. Uh, the uh, what is it for? Did you want me to sing that? What is it for? Uh, the main parts. Like the, okay. ver- the verse vocals. Okay, okay, and okay. Because I remember you saying that, and that's why I asked for the lyrics, but I, well, once I finished it up, and I did finish up like the tracks, uh, I was like, oh, did, am I supposed to sing this? I mean, you can sing the chorus parts, too. I, I mean, just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your parts... Anyway, I mean, everything's there anyway. It's just a logic profile, but... Yeah, I mean, and as far as arrangements go, I think What Is It For is okay. It's done. Like, like I just, mean, that is the most finished out of all the stuff you sent me. Yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's a short song, but that's okay. Like, it's... That's, the, that's why I did it, because it was the easiest one, so... Um, but, 
it yeah I gotta do my recording of stuff and then there are two there's one that I wrote myself and then the other one was what I think you called it dreamy oh yeah I, I, it that wasn't it was just a way to identify it yeah but I I've, I've got I've got words and music for it now so it's uh, and I'm working on another one right now too because I had yeah those two. Did I send you? Did you? Oh, you did listen to it. The my '90s cop show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a that was a Josh Emmons joint. Yeah, he said from his was, wall of, you, wall of you can, synthesizers. You can, hear the, you can hear it actually. The stuff that sounds like it's a synthesizer. That's he a, just what's that? He does like works a lot with like modulars and stuff in that, right? Oh yeah, he's. Like, big synth guy he yeah. just likes the old equipment and like it's mostly the end it's that that really 808 drum thing and the and the you know the like synthy kind of bass drop to it that that was what he sent me that like four bars of that and then i was like oh i can make a song out of this and it was very hard because i didn't know what to do with it so it turned into that I was like, I can't make words to this because this isn't the kind of thing I listen to. But it does seem like something from the action pack in 1998 or something. And, uh, I guess the action pack was... No, action, action pack, pack was, was earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that would have been like 94? 93, yeah, 94? Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so, yeah, it would have been 94. Like, I, I think that stuff spawned from the action pack continued on like into the yeah. later 90s but it, I, it, it's very much like a mutant x in yeah, like <laughs> intro well, I, and i can't remember i can't remember exactly where tech war fell in because i think that started out as part of the action pack oh yeah you said tech war it does sound like that it does sound like it would be tech war william shatner's tech war starting tech war. <laughs> starting bj mccabe or uh, there was that from the later nineties. There was that Adrian Paul show post Highlander that um, tracker. Oh, really? It was called Tracker. Tracker. He played an alien tracking down criminal aliens that had invaded Earth. Oh, oh my! Basically, was like a that plot from that Dolph Lundgren sci-fi movie. I can't remember. Yeah, I come in peace. Yeah, I come in peace. Yeah, you go in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That wasn't the name of that movie originally, though. It was called something else. Oh, Alien Hunter or something. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Except in that one, it was just one alien, and he was harvesting whatever the milky fluid was. <laughs> Adrenaline or something? No, I mean, there's a different title for I Come... Dark, An- Dark Angel is the name of that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it, also known as I Come in Peace. That was a smart move to change it to I Come in Peace. That's better than Dark Angel. Yeah. Also, wasn't there, like, a Fox TV show at that time called Dark Angel? Not when that movie came out. That was oh. later. That was the one that had, um... Yeah, it was, like, Jessica Alba's first thing. Yeah, yeah. And it had, uh, what's his name from uh, Supernatural? One of the brothers... Mm, really? Uh, the uh, older one. Must have been a child. What was his name? I can't remember. Can't oh, remember Dean. Yeah, but I don't remember the actor's yeah, name. Yeah, because he's older than he looks. It was Pilecki? No, that was a. Uh, oh, Pilecki's the younger one. It would have been. Um, I don't remember their names. Oh, I'm blanking. Oh, yeah, I'm really blanking on it now. But um, yeah, he was in that too. 
and I never, I, I only think I only watched a few of the episodes all the way through, because I, I, I didn't see it when it was originally on. I only caught it in reruns. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was on more than a couple seasons tops. Did it? Did it even get two seasons? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, yeah, that kind of stuff. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. Dig em. Dig it. Dig it. Dig em. Dig em. Dig em. Dig em. Yeah. Was that a Mike Post song? Did he do that? Uh, I don't know. Look it up. Because it seems like it might be a Mike Post song. <laughs> Knight Rider theme. And he did a... I mean, he did Stu a... Stu Phillips. Stu Phillips, okay. I mean, he was all over the... TV theme scene. Mike Post. I only know because he did the Hill Street Blues one, right? Yeah, he did uh, Magnum, and he did uh, God, just tons of stuff, man. Like I'm, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but like I, I, I've got like even I've got a Mike Post record, TV themes record, mm. and just even the span of shows that were able to they were able to fit on that was like twenty two different shows or something like that, you know. And he was on a bunch more than that, even. So. Um, I was able to make good use of, like, I was able to make lemonade out of lemons this week. I, a couple of the books I was supposed to be working on this week, the materials got delayed. So I was like, oh, and I didn't have stuff to work on for what was next to my schedule yet. So I was like, oh no, well, I ain't gonna have nothing to do. Um, so I decided to tackle clearing out my library room, which has gotten turned into my room where I just put stuff I don't know what else to do with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that's just comp copies of fucking comics, man. What do you do with your comps? Do you still get, like, single-issue comps? Uh, that's a good question. I've been thinking about it, too, because, you know, I, with the guitars, you know, I'm like, let's consolidate and, like, make possibly make some money off of this. So I've been looking, and I've got tons of boxes of comics and they, luckily they stack on top of each other and fill pretty much an entire closet but they've spilled out <laughs> and I need to get rid of them and I have like eh, not that many like two or three boxes of comps um, most of them are at the studio but even there I've thought about like um, can I do a garage sale at this building maybe and just like <laughs> put a table out in front of the studio and have people come by and you know, have, essentially have a little mini convention, just advertise, like, on a Saturday, hey, come by and get some shit. It's Mike Con. But, um, it just takes a lot of work. and Right. My problem is... I need just to get rid of this stuff. And it's too much stuff. And I, I like the idea of paring things down. Like, I thought about some of the stuff, like maybe the Rick and Morty books I could bundle into runs and sell them on eBay, but that's still something yeah. that takes work and time. Like, Yeah, right. I mean, that's the the entire reason why. It, it's it's what Ryan Brown would do. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like I've never, that seems like a lot of work to me, and I just, uh, I like, it's why I have those Harley Quinn covers that I could have sold when they came out and probably made a nice little profit, but now I still have them, and you know. Oh, there it is. Yeah, thirty-two hundred dollars he wanted for that ES three thirty-five. Local, mm-hmm. the guy selling it local. 
And it looks just like yours, more or less. It's got the, like, up towards the horns, it turns almost a purple, and then it goes down in the blue, and it's that flame. Well, mine doesn't do purple. It's just, it's really, it's just, it's it's midnight blue, and then it goes to, like, dark. It's uh. almost black. It's not, it doesn't, it, That what you're talking about is the blueberry. And that is probably one of the newer models. This yeah, that's blueberry. Yeah, that's the... That's oh, the yeah, new, it does say it's a blueberry burst. Sorry. Those are the new ones, yeah. And they those are more expensive for some reason. Oh, I guess they retail at forty two, forty two seventy eight. Yeah, they're super expensive. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, my that's the reason I like mine so much is because it doesn't have that purple tint to it. It's it is deep blue to almost black. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'd have to be a, a working musician making a decent income to justify right? to justify that for myself. Yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> that is way more than I would spend just to have it. Like, three three grand for a guitar is like yeah, I we would have to be working musicians yeah. or or beyond uh beyond the skill level I'm at, you know. <laughs> uh I would I would not do that. I mean, there are too many good squires that you can get. Right, right. And I mean I, I talked about how like the Rickenbacker was partially a vanity buy for myself because I've wanted one for so long. Yep, you know? yep. Same here. I mean, that's what the 335 was. It was like, three, three, I was like, look at, I was like, I've always wanted one of those, and then I got it. It's like, this thing is huge. <laughs> they are big. <laughs> and the neck is real chunky, and it, it just feels like somebody else's guitar that I'm playing on. It doesn't feel like my guitar. So I, I, I want to, I, I feel like I should get rid of it, but it's so pretty, and it is from Memphis, like me. Well, well, there's reasons. Yeah, but I mean, I could get, I could get some money for it, so. I would still, like. I mean, you could get an Epiphone. You can get an Epiphone version of that, and still have your 335. Even as much as I grumbled about the Rickenbacker that I bought, I would still consider getting one of the older ones that was in the tuxedo version, like the mm-hmm. reverse version of the black and white, where the sure. the pinstriping's black and the body's white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Snow glow or whatever I think they called it. Yeah. Um, like, I won't get rid of my Rick. I love that. I mean, I don't play it that much, but it's cool. I, I like mine more now that I've done work to it and stuff. I think I was just irritated. You were you were mad that this thing cost so much and they didn't immediately like touch you with the hand of God once you picked it up. Uh, no, because I, I never was under the illusion that it was going to make me a better player. Um, I, I, I but I was yes I was irritated that it cost me that much and I still had to do that much work to it. Yeah, because I don't feel like I should have well, to. Like Gibson's Gibson's are famous for that. It's like you you know you buy a Rolls Royce you don't expect to have to like change yeah. the spark plugs right away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or whatever you know, like put yeah. new, put new tires on it right away or something. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so yeah, but I mean, once I've got it in the shape and I've been playing it more now, I, I mean, I do like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just um yeah, I, I was, plus I, I wasn't in a really good frame of mind last year when I first got it. You know? <laughs> yeah, you you are weird and crazy and. And I, dumb and ugly. I get, yeah, I don't know. Stop being dumb and ugly. Well, I can't really stop being either one of them. This charging. This is weird. But uh, anyway, 
how do we get into all that? I was oh, I, I guess I was talking about that again. That's how we got into that. Um, but yeah, if, well, and okay, going all the way back to when I was first talking about that amp, though, and it, that that is definitely one of those things where it's like I don't even at a really good price, which it is, I think, as long as it's actually in, in as good a shape as it looks. Um, I'm still just like, it's like okay, here's here's how the rationale in my head goes. I'm like, first voice, you don't need this, dude. Second mm-hmm. voice is, but man, when am I going to find it at that price again? Mm-hmm. You know, first voice is, who cares if it's at a good price? You don't really need it. And then you know, second voice is like, but they sound so good. But the problem, the voice that I've had. And it started during the pandemic is, you know, you're not getting any younger and you've always wanted this. Yeah, that's a, that's third voice. That was the one that I listened to too much during the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that is part of it. I can't take anything with me when I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how and, would and I have For known? you, you kind of felt like you might have been on a deadline, too. Yes. I mean, that is absolutely true. And who knows, I might still be. But the thing is... We all I, are, but I mean, yeah. You, yeah. Said you are on a definite... Like, that, I would have you know. I would have never known it, that I didn't like a 335. I guess I could have gone to the store and played it. If you like that look... Oh, no, I'm sorry. This isn't the same thing. I was going to say, I, I've got like an Epiphone Wildcat, but that actually is more like a... I think I want to try a 339. Which is just a three three five except smaller. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, because I, I know they make they make a smaller version of a three three five that looks still looks like a three three five, but is more manageable my, in the body. My guitar teacher uh, Chris Bono, he has a three three nine and he loves it. And he was talking about he he had a three three five and he wanted to like it, but it was just way too big. I mean, you can tell they're, they're big. big, but I'm a big person, so I don't have the same problem with it. Yeah, but I mean, look at like BB King's a big dude, and that thing still looks big on him. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> like if if that guitar looks that big on BB King, then mm-hmm. it's a big guitar. It is. It is a big guitar. But I also think for the money that they cost, an Epiphone will do you fine because it's a, literally a quarter of the price of a Gibson. Yeah, uh, for a lot of things, the the yeah, I know they're not U.S. made. I know they're not, you know, and they're, they're I, I definitely not QC'd as well. I, I, yeah, I tell you what, I agree with you. I, uh, and it's a, I, it, my Les Paul, my Gibson Les Paul is very nice. Though. And it, it, you know, with the the Squires and the the Epiphones, it can be a bit of a crapshoot sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I personally have had a lot of luck with them. Like I the, love Squires. My first guitar was a Squire, and I, I liked it so much that I went and I got the exact same model. You know, I have the exact same guitar that I ended up giving to my brother when I moved away from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and I love it still. It's it's great. I mean, Squire, Squire makes fantastic guitars, and so does Epiphone. I've never gotten one. Of the ones I have, I have not gotten one that I had to do more than a setup or maybe, you know, dressing the frets down so the edges weren't so... Yeah, they sharp, talk about, you know, the electronics not being the same or the pickups, but you can change all that. Yeah, I mean, again, that's going to cost you more money, but I 
costs you more money, but how much does a pickup cost? It's not that much. You have to deal. I mean, I would have to pay to have somebody do it because I'm not fucking soldering anything. I don't know how to do that stuff. I mean, it depends on if you want to get like pickup set by a, like a, a high, higher level company. I have a I have a crappy Strat that I mean it's a it's a Sweetwater ex, no it's not even, yeah it was a Sweetwater exclusive uh, like a, a Squire Strat that I use at the studio as my practice guitar at the studio yeah and it's all jacked up like I went to get it set up and the guy said well this neck's all twisted and stuff and I've never really noticed it but. Uh, you know, there are QC problems with those things, but for the most part, I think they're great. And I, like I, I said, I didn't notice it. So. <laughs> and I, you know, I'll always qualify most of that stuff as being, you know, for the money, this thing's like, great. <laughs> like, you know, for the money, it's unbeatable. Like, I, I, you couldn't get guitars that nice, that cheap when I was younger. Like, no. the, the equivalent when I was a kid was a, Kind of a janky harmony or something, you know? A harmony, a harmony. Or, I mean, I don't know. How much were the PVs? PVs were still, still mid-level. Like, they were just ugly as fuck. I hated PV guitars. Uh, the PV Mystic. I, I, I still would like to have one of those. I had a guitar teacher that loved his fucking PV, and it was, like, heavy as hell, and it was so ugly. It was probably a T60 or something. I don't remember. It was natural wood color, too, which also turned me off, because that was the 80s, and I was like, why doesn't it look awesome? <laughs> Where are the lightning bolt crackles? Yeah, right. Yeah, that would have been the height of that, that I'd be like, yeah! I want flames! Yeah, I want flames on it! And now I'm like, wood grain? That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, if it was a T60, those were interesting guitars. They, uh, the, the electronics in them were kind of innovative for the time. By look by rolling back the um, the tone this is knob. just as annoying as any of our other conversations to anybody listening. I'm sure that's all right. They, but they had this thing that the bases, the T40s, had this too. I think. Uh, well, definitely the bases. That's it. That's exactly the that's that is exactly the model, and it's wood grain too. Yeah, wow. they, they all, I think you get them in wood grain and black. I think for the two yeah. colors. <laughs> I remember how that round like ball ass body of it and it was so heavy yeah they weighed a ton dude but they uh, like they, a plank of wood by by playing with the tone control it didn't just go from like treble to treble cut mm-hmm. it would actually change like uh split the coils change i th- might have changed the phase at, at a certain point mm. um it, it acted more like a a pickup altering knob than a tone knob so you could get like on the bass, you could get sounds that sounded like a Rickenbacker, things that sound like a like a Fender Jazz, you know. Like it could do all kinds of stuff, and it, it for the time period it came out. I mean, that was really super innovative, you know. Charlie Baker, my old guitar teacher at Cecil's Bandstand, which is in our book, Cecil's Bandstand. Hmm. Uh, Charlie Baker had that. I um. He's dead now. He died. That's sad. It is sad. He was, he came to my mom's funeral, and then a couple of years after, he passed away. Hmm. It was real sad to hear about that. Um. Oh, we got off the track of talking about comp comics. So I was going to say there's something I was going to say about that. No, oh, so yeah, getting rid of them is a problem because, like, if, if it was all just graphic novels that I had extras of, yeah. 
I could get, you know, donate them to the library or something, but the library doesn't want monthly, like single issues. Of stuff. Oh, nobody wants those, sure. Because they, they don't last. They don't hold up, you know. Uh, you know, the used bookstore, I noticed, had a little section of them. So maybe go single to... Single issue a, stuff? Yeah, a little section in their little, uh, in their store. But, I mean, it's they still want the graphic novels, but there was like a tiny... It was about the size of, you know, like two short boxes, but they did t- have single issues there. I mean, I could take them to, like, half-price books or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, a comic book store will take them if you give them to them. That's what I wondered. Like, they, would you take these so I'm not just throwing I them away? Give, yeah. <laughs> I used to give my comps to challengers all the time. I just, I, I know, you know, I know from, you know, I haven't talked to Patrick and, and like, seeing other retailers' conversation, though, like, storage space is, is a premium, you know? So sure. So if, if they don't think they can sell it, they're not going to take it, or they might take it and just they turn, turn around and throw it away it. or something. You but know? they can always use product for some reason. I mean, they could give it away. It's more useful for them than it is to you. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, there is... They'll also tell you. There is the option, like I said, for some of the stuff that I'm pretty sure maybe somebody would buy, I could bundle it up into runs and sell it on eBay. Yeah, this just how much manpower you want to invest in it. But yes, you could absolutely do that. And if, I mean, and I guess if I just wanted you could to sign it, you could put a little, uh, uh, you could put a little uh, photo of the the standee that I had made. <laughs> um, I'm totally making that standee because you fucked up and gave me a picture of you from high school. Okay. And I'm totally making the standee now. Do you do you not know that Photoshop has uh that AI filter on it that will put the rest of your body in there now? <laughs> um Oh, there is gonna be a cranked standee. Okay. It might not be as big as you, but it's gonna be there. Mini- I might make it just tabletop size. Mini crank. Mini crank. It's mini crank. Yeah. It's the crank you take with you. Yeah, it's portable crank. It's porta crank. That makes me sound like a shitter. Mm-hmm. You make yourself sound like a shitter. I mean, I, I, I like por- that's that kind of attitude. I won't stand for portable crank is, is acceptable. Portable crank, yeah, portable crank or traveling. Portable traveling doesn't sound better. It just sounds like uh, it sounds like like something that they tell you about it, like a Amish village or something. Maybe. I, it could be crank. it could be Uncle Traveling Crank. Uncle Traveling Crank. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time thinking of you as an uncle. Okay. Well, that would probably be because I don't have siblings? Well, no, you don't seem like an uncle. You don't seem like somebody's uncle. You seem like somebody's brother or somebody's... Uh, brother Crank. Brother Crank. Brother Crank. Brother Crank. You don't seem like Uncle Crank. Brother Crank. Uncle Uncle shows up to either drink all your beer or drop wisdom on you. Or to make some sort of horribly racist comment or something. Yeah, you don't do... Well, you'd show up to drink beer, but you'd be very polite about it. So you're Generally. not... Generally. I, I probably apologize for taking the beer. Yeah, I mean, you would not you would not show up to take people's beer. You would want the beer, but you would never ask for the beer. And I, I would take the beer if I ran out of the beer that I brought. 
Yes, of course you would. But you would have brought beer is the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I would definitely bring some beer with me at least. Yeah. So you are you're not any of those three things. So I don't see you as an uncle type. You're you're more of a Man, brother your or experiences with uncles are pretty bad. Well, I'm just saying, I mean I'm an uncle type. I think I would make I'm a, I think people could think of me as an uncle because I I'm gonna say something mean to a kid or something like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, uh, all right then, well, I, I, I don't, occasionally I've been called uncle by, like, my friend's kid. Oh, really? Well, yeah. What uh, do you think about that's, that? I, I mean, that's a thing from around here, like, close friends of the family or well, uncles and aunts. Everybody does that. You know? I, everybody does that, and that's why I'm asking. What do you think about that? Do you find that weird when somebody that you're, like, I mean, it's different with, like, like Brian, because you're real close friends with him, so you practically are family. But like, if it's just somebody, like if you know uh, somebody that you're just acquaintances with, and then they come over someday, and 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 they're like, "Hey, it's uh, Uncle Crank," and you're like, "Hey, man, I just met this kid." <laughs> um, okay, I get. I guess I've had that happen before, and I just sort of shrug it off. With the titles is all I'm saying is what they they're like. I uh, I think I would rather like I mean because sometimes that's a, sort of a when you don't know somebody who's older and you just call them uncle as a, a sign of respect instead of saying sir or ma'am or something you know. Hmm. Or if they're really old, you call them grandfather, kind of thing. Hmm. Um. But you don't address them like they're your uncle or your grandfather. It's just a title, you know. Hmm. Um. Whereas, like, if you're using uncle in the sense of uncle or aunt, like, in the sense of close friend of the family, that's more of a, like, you're you're honorarily their uncle or aunt, you know, mm. as opposed to it being a title. Mm. At least that's the way I see it. I don't know. Mm. So. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I, I watched the Batman. You watched the Batman? Yeah, I watched the Batman. What did did you like the Batman? Um, mixed mixed feelings about it. You're mixed about the Batman? I th- think overall it was a pretty good movie. It was. Did you? What did you think about the Penguin being a better detective than Batman in that movie? Well, it was kind of funny because he didn't do a whole lot of detecting. Yeah. No, he didn't. And even it, the Penguin even says at one point, you, "What the fuck? You don't know what this word means?" Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, even Catwoman was showing him more shit than... Yeah. Everybody else was figuring shit out, essentially, or explaining it to him. Yeah. They were bat-splaining him. Bat-splaining, yeah. Um, one thing I, I didn't care for very much was I don't like that they made Martha and Thomas Wayne uh, complicit with their own deaths. I don't remember that part. Essentially, they were killed off because he had Falcone... He had went to Falcone, and Falcone killed off the reporter that was going to expose Martha's uh, mental problems. They were trying to incorporate like that almost court of owlish kind of thing to it. Yeah, and I, then because of that happened, somebody killed. And, yeah, and they, they they couldn't. Like Alfred said, uh, I don't know the answer for sure, but you know. But I, I don't like that. I, I always thought it worked better that they died randomly, like for no good yeah, reason. Everybody wants to tie things into each other, and I, I, I you know, I'm not yeah, saying I'm not I, saying the Waynes needed to be saints or anything, but because right. they're That's rich people. A new thing I think Scott Snyder started that, where it's like 
there's more to the Waynes than you thought. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they like, I don't, they, they gave Martha mental problems and, and basically and intimated that Thomas had somebody killed. And then that's what yeah. got them killed. It's like, I don't need to know any of that. And also, uh, yeah, I was the same way with... Because uh, they do similar stuff with Peter Parker's parents a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, they're dead. We don't want to know anything about them. We don't need to. It's not them dying that turned him in, you know, yeah. that affected him as much as it, Uncle Ben dying or whatever. And if you bring them back, it makes it, yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. To me, it just works so much better that it was a completely random thing that they died, you know? And that's what set him off as a kid. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I know eventually they tied it into, the, you know, at least in one storyline, and it was the Joker, before he was the Joker that killed his parents or whatever. Mm. Um, but and, and even that doesn't really ruin it because they originally they still died randomly, like it was a <clears throat> random robbery or whatever. I I don't know. I just I think that works better, you know. Yeah. I think the casting in this movie was pretty good. <clears throat> I thought overall it was a pretty good movie. It's just a little long and 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 yeah, oh, the God, whole. Yeah. I mean the it, whole like. He, it really was like I'm. I'm watching and I'm go. Yeah, it it means this. Why can't? Why doesn't he know that? He's supposed to be like so smart. But you got detective. You got to admit he's had a lot of training p- playing uh, wooden and tortured already. Yeah. So they picked the right guy for the bat suit, I guess. And, and uh, Colin Farrell is great. It's like you don't even think that's him in that suit. Wait. What? Colin Farrell. He was the penguin. Oh, was he? Was that him? Yeah. <laughs> it okay. doesn't look like it does. He doesn't act like him. It doesn't look like him. That's Colin Farrell. Huh. Um. And uh. Oh, Kravitz. Zoe. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was a good Catwoman. She's good. Um, everybody's everybody's pretty good in it. Am I? When when did they stop making Gordon a commissioner? When did they start making him just a regular cop all the time? It don't, it's in this one because it's supposed to be early on. But they already have like a, a working relationship and stuff. Like yeah, like we're coming into the story, Batman story, like well into Batman story in in this movie. Yeah, at, at least that's what it felt like. You know, I think that that's Frank Miller's fault. Because they that that year one story, they sort of everybody wants to bring elements of that into. I did get a very Frank Miller vibe off the the Batman suit and stuff though. Like, yeah, I, I like the ears weren't like as crazy as like Batman or the Miller would do them. Yeah, but, I like a lot of it. I just and I just it, didn't care. The weird thing was, is I mean, I, yes, it, it is a long movie. It clocks in at like nearly three hours. But it felt like it was so much longer than that. Even yeah. I kept looking at the the because I watched it on Amazon. You know, I'd pause it to go grab a smoke or something. And I'd look at the how much time was left in the movie. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I still got like an hour and a half left in this yeah. thing. Yeah. And I felt like I'd already been watching it for like two and a half hours. Like two movies in that movie. It was very long. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'd have to say I, I thought it was a pretty well made movie, and I, I liked the casting. I liked the costuming. Um, it was not, I was right, it was not a fun movie. Like, I, I guessed right ahead of time. That's, I mean, I wouldn't even call that a popcorn movie or 
Um, and not because it was particularly smart, but because it was just kind of a bummer all the way through. <laughs> you know? Yeah, people like that. People want the... It's weird. It's weird. It. I feel like there's always somebody that's discovering... I, 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 I keep telling people... I won't keep telling people. I... I keep describing it as like you know how how cool you thought Wolverine was when you were sixteen. I feel like there's a lot of people that are discovering that and they're going through their how cool is Wolverine when they were sixteen phase, and it doesn't matter how old you are now, but i there's a lot of people that are like going through that. They're just like, oh, it's like, it's cool because it's comic books, but they're acting like adults. And I'm like, you don't, you don't, you've never read a comic book. You don't know, you don't know what comics are like. Because it's been like that for, off and on for like 40 years now. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought we were past the grim and gritty phase, but. There's always, it's always going to be there. It's always, because people, it, it, it appeals to, it appeals to a, 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 I mean, think about when you're 16, and especially boys at 16, you're kind of uh, not just rebellious, but you, despite whether or not it's true or not, you feel like you are being, like you're being uh, uh, persecuted. Uh, persecuted, and and, and and most of the time it couldn't be further than from the truth, but that's how you feel. And, you know, there are a lot of adults like that, I think. And they see that, and they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I was like, no, it's the opposite of cool in a lot of ways. I, I don't know. I mean, because I did like, you know, when I was a teenager, I liked, like, Judge Dredd. But I also liked just... Judge Dredd is almost, is a parody, though. Yeah. I mean, he's over, like, overkill of the, the stereotype or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I liked... But I'm saying, I liked... I did like things like that, and I liked horror stuff. But then I also liked my X-Men, which wasn't grim and gritty at the time, really. It could get like even if you thought it could get kind of a bummer, but it was never a grim and gritty comic back then. Yeah, even if you liked Judge Dredd because of how hardcore it was, it was still pretty fantastical and silly in places. Sure, sure. So you can't look at that and go, "Yeah, man." Maybe martial law, which is kind of a take on that, right? I guess. Yeah. Martial law is hardcore. But like Judge Dredd, no, it's Judge Dredd is like a, it, it it's it's Doctor Who with a fucking gun. Yeah, know? but it, it was for a comic book. It, it was over the top violence, though. So, I mean, yeah, lots, I lots mean, of exploding sure. body parts and things. You know? Sure, but it's over the top, is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, it was like watching a splatter movie. I would not call Judge Dredd grim and gritty. Uh, it's definitely grim. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. I mean, that's the closest thing I can think of to it for what I was reading back then, though. You know, it's Gonzo. I mean, you know, Watchmen and, and Dark Knight and stuff like. Yeah, Rob, yeah, uh, Watchmen is kind of responsible for a lot of this stuff. But I mean, at the same time, like even the bummer parts of like the X Men runs in the mid to late '80s, early '90s. Not early '90s, because by early '90s they rebooted and had like 500 different teams. But reboot. X-Men gold and, and purple and, and whatever. Um, but like, you know, mid, mid, say 84 to 88 X-Men, which had some bummer storylines, still wasn't a grim and gritty comic or nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like I, I thought I thought we would be past that by now and moved on to like another fad or phase or something like. Um, but I mean, it is Batman, so okay, I guess you know, whatever. I love that Batman. I'm going to bed. That's fine. Um, you want me to just stop now, or do we want to read emails or anything? An hour and a half. We did a pretty long show. Oh, is it that long already? Yeah. Well, shit, dude. Why didn't you stop me a half hour ago? Yeah, because, I mean, despite what you think, I don't mind talking to you. Huh. That a fact? It is a fact. Huh. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That's a long movie, too. It's not. It just feels like it because it is like two movies. Yeah, I mean, it's like a couple of different movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, I won't see what's... Did you have anything in stores this week? No, we have our book out next week. Next week. Okay. Rock so, Gods of Jackson, Tennessee comes out next week. Rock Gods, or if you were lucky enough to be at the library thing, you could have got it for free. And, uh, oh, uh, the, our Camp Pickens is out. Well, you didn't work on that, but Camp Pickens is out, which is... Archie horror comic. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's a summer camp slasher movie in Archie form. Cool. Okay, just because I, I was scrolling through the, the the list of stuff that was in stores this week, um, and occasionally I see titles I just actually I like just because of the title. Uh, Dark Horse has a book called "The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos." <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, Leanna Kangas has something to do with that book. She's a Memphian. I just, I like that title. It's fun. Intriguing, one might say. Intriguing. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm trying to scroll quickly down the Oni and see if there's anything. Um, uh, where are you, Oni? Because that's probably my most likely thing to hand out. Oni had nothing in stores this week. Okay, then. That's all. You know. Fair. All right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> Only let me down, but, you know, whatever. Um, all right, then. Well, you can reach us at crankcast.com, crankcast at gmail.com. Mike's website is ihatemike.com. Um, and uh, whatever, I don't know. We'll, we'll catch you next week or something. We like you. Goodbye. <laughs>